0: Hi there, I'm Aaron Young. The airline industry is, by its very nature, one of the highest emitting industries that there is. The rise of air taxis, however, looks poised to be run on electricity. So how far off is this from being a reality and what does it mean for the air travel industry? For more, we're joined by Chris Smallhorn from air taxi manufacturer AMSL Aero. Great to speak with you, Chris. I'm so excited by the idea of getting up into the air in an air taxi. When is it going to happen?
1: Uh, we're, we're equally as excited, um, Aaron. Uh, look, on the timeline for us, we're looking at December twenty-six is our target for our certification timeline. We've got uh, great relationships with the Civil Aviation Safety Authority, and actually recently submitted our application to set out the framework for the certification of the platform. Uh, and of course, air taxi is just one of the sectors, and actually probably a sector a little bit uh, further down track for us as well. We've, um, we've designed an aircraft that's really differentiated with range and endurance out to about a thousand kilometres and, uh, and able to carry all of the required um, reserves as well, and a speed of 300 odd kilometres an hour, which means we're also targeting things like the regional transport networks, emergency medical services and light ambulance and the defence sector.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. Talk to us about Vertilia. Uh, sorry, Vertia, uh, the new longest range zero emissions aircraft. Uh, what's all this about? So,
1: Vertia is, uh, is quite unique. Uh, it's unique on the numerous fronts. Number one, uh, and it would be remiss your being an Australian program, is to recognise it's all Australian. It's an Australian focused, Australian founded, uh, clearly, though, with a global focus. And we're certainly looking at the entire global market and have started that activity um, already. So, the aircraft is going to use a hybrid power supply a hydrogen fuel cell and a battery. And there'll be two hydrogen fuel cells in the aircraft and two batteries. What that enables, of course, is that when you uh, land the aircraft on or in flight, you're still charging your battery. So we will have oh, a wow. far, lower, if not negligible, requirement to plug in when we land on uh, in between missions.
0: So, Chris, um, I'm a, a big drone flyer. Love it. But I get about 26 minutes out of it before we're in an emergency. What sort of range are we talking about if we're in an air taxi or one of your aircraft?
1: So for this particular aircraft, we're looking at around about 1,000 kilometers. Of course, there's a lot of manufacturers in the space at the moment, or burgeoning manufacturers, and there's a lot of different ranges. Most of them are more around that 200 kilometer average um, area. But of course, because we're targeting those broader sectors of aviation, then we've deliberately designed an aircraft that meets the needs of some of our regional transport and air ambulance requirements. Frankly, if you can cut it in Australia, Aaron, I think you can cut it anywhere in the world, and we've designed yeah, well.
0: This- I, I'm just on that because you talk about CASA, the Civil Aviation Safety Authority, and as we know, they are really, really strong and difficult to deal with, probably harder than the FAA as well, which is a good thing. Um, how are you going dealing with them? You talk about the certification process because we know um number of helicopter accidents, even just recently with the Army of all, um, and there's kind of that fright and something new connected to it, how is CASA going, Uh, I guess, getting their head around such a new industry which will become such a big part of our civilian life?
1: Uh, Aaron, I'll, I'll be honest, they're a joy to work with. Um, uh, I think CASA, just like every other Australian, loves to see great Australian ideas and great Australian stories uh, get through. It's, um, it's an extremely interesting uh, program for, uh, uh, for the Civil Aviation Safety Authority as well, so engineers at the desk level find this sort of stuff uh, exciting. Uh, so we're working with CASA through the process. Clearly it's new, uh, but you know what? You're right, the regulator can be hard to work with, but um, but like you, I put my uh, my family on airplanes every day and I want them to be safe.
0: Yeah, 100 percent. And that's going to be something here. But also you've got the kind of noise side of thing that um, if you are going to be taking off and landing in a lot of heavily built up areas, for example, in Melbourne, CBD helicopters land on the Yarra. A lot of people, residents in, in apartment blocks aren't happy with that. How do you deal with that?
1: Yeah, Aaron, look, it's, it's it's a great question, and it's one of the things that's often forgotten is just how quiet these aircraft mm. are. It's aircraft design and, and proven where, where this is not an idea, it's a flying prototype. The prototype's in upgrade at the moment. 65 to 70 dB. Well, that's fantastic. That's a number. What does it actually mean? Well, I was on an airline flight the other day flying between Brisbane and Sydney, and I've got one of these clever watches, you know, that measures the sound. And out of interest, <laughs> I found out what, what was the sound in my seat on the airline. It was 68 dB. So if you're um, flying along in an airline and listen to the sound you're hearing there, just to have a comparison for your viewers, that's how loud this aircraft is going to be. And of course, the further you are away from it, considerably less.
0: Yeah, uh, a thousand uh, K range is pretty good. Um, but obviously, these are likely to be used for, for shorter trips, shorter hops. You mentioned regional as well. Um, talk to us about what impact you think it will have on traditional air aviation. Are you more creating an industry or replacing one?
1: Uh, Again, a really informed question. I would like to think we're going to be reforming an industry and potentially disrupting it. The direct operating costs of these machines, um, particularly the one we're designing, is going to be significantly lower than the traditional aircraft. Uh, And as a result, it's going to open its availability to other markets. And this is the thought leadership that we really want to drive in the industry in Australia and globally, is looking at these products as what they can do to make life better for future generations in a lot of industries, not just the traditional. However, you've got to start somewhere, and we start with what we know. Uh, and right now, um, a range of a 1,000 kilometres, uh, and, you know, depended on the weather, those ranges might go down to 700, 800 yeah, kilometres. Yeah. Yeah. When you've got those sort of ranges, that's extremely usable. And okay. if you look at most regional hops in Australia, the average is about seven to 800 kilometres for a lot of regional work. So we really do hit a, a targeted part of the market.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The, I've got to leave the it there, I'm afraid. Uh, we're running out of time. We have run out of time. Uh, Chris, really appreciate your time. We could definitely keep, keep talking about this, um, and we'll talk to you again soon.
1: I'm delighted. Thank you.
0: And that is a program for now. Head to TicketNews.co for more.